One, two, three, four, five, let's go! Plastic microphone studios deep in the heart of Transylvania. Uh, uh, excuse me. Deep in the heart of the Cajun country, this is Faye Five from Fans. I'm your host, Jamie Ray, and I'd like to thank you for joining us. We have got a show lined up for all of you out there in the podcast universe that's bound to drain the blood from you. <laughs> Today, I've invited Angela P. from the famous Faye Five Werewolf episodes to discuss our Faye Five vampires. Angela is a horror movie lover, a mom, a wife, and one of my prettiest friends. She and her hubby and son recently moved two time zones away, so I am very appreciative that she could make time to zoom back into the Plastic Microphone Studios Welcome back to the show, Angela. Oh, thank you for having me. Oh, it's my absolute pleasure. And I get to see your pretty face. Yes, yes. And for all of those who don't know, pretty does mean, I don't know, not smart, right? No, it just means pretty. I mean, just like smart doesn't mean that I'm ugly. So let's let's go with that. Let's go with that. <laughs> It is an inside joke to the to, to us, and so don't take offense, anyone out there, for her or for me. Or, yes, yes, yeah, it is definitely one. an inside joke. Exactly. <laughs> so tell me how it is out there in the new place that you live that we won't say exactly where it was. Well, it, I mean, it is hot. It's actually not as hot here as it is there, surprisingly. Yeah. Um, it's the humidity. It's cra- it's crazy. I got an alert on my phone that said, and today we're you know we are hitting our hottest temperatures. Um, I, I don't mind if we say where it is. We're in we're in Nevada, right out of mm-hmm. outside of Las Vegas. Uh, one hundred and fourteen today. Hot, but it yeah. feels like one hundred and five. Whereas oh, well, I got an alert that for you guys, y'all are at ninety seven. Feels like one eleven. Yeah, yeah. Not to mention, I've seen a few of y'all's roads are cracking. Yes, they are. Yep. I've never seen buckling three it's, that I know of. It is amazing, you know, and they talk about the fact that it, like where you are, okay, mm-hmm. it can be, you know, 102, 104, and then you get into the shade and it drops right. down. It feels much cooler. Whereas Correct. here in Louisiana, it's a hundred and, you know, well, it's 99 degrees and you get in the shade and it's just darker and 99 degrees. So you're just in the shade. It is very weird adjusting to the temperatures. Um, yeah. We actually got lucky. And I know for y'all, the month of June was pretty mm. rough. We actually were still having, there was mornings, it was 68 degrees here. In wow. It was, it, was, it was weird. Yeah. Um, but yeah, then it caught up and yeah, it's hot. There you go. 
But you, you actually have seasons there, right? Yes. <laughs> you'll have a yep. fall and you'll have a winter. Yeah. A fall, winter, yeah. all yeah. four seasons. Not That's just, crazy. You know, hurricane and not hurricane. <laughs> Hot and Oh, hard. yeah. So any earthquakes yet? Not yet. Mm, I mean, fingers yet. crossed. Yeah, it'll happen soon. Out. Fingers crossed. No, so oh, wait, mine, oh, so you don't want to have one. Oh, sorry, never mind. <laughs> sorry, don't. A friend of mine had asked because she said, well, what kind of natural disasters are there? I was like, good question. So I did have to look it up. Um, huh. And there are some, you know, flooding, earthquakes, uh, wildfires. But so far, the scariest thing I've heard about is what's called tarantula migration. Mm-hmm. Where apparently these tarantulas migrate and where we're at, like with the mountains and stuff, I mean, like one day you're just surrounded by tarantulas. And the wow. thought of that, I mean, I might have to fly back for that. because <laughs> um, I don't know that I could handle, I don't know that I could handle that. I think y'all should watch, uh, sit down as a family and watch Kingdom of the Spiders with William Shatner <laughs> to get you in, in the mood. Yeah. For the- <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. And I was wow. thinking of arach- you know, arachnophobia, but yeah, yeah. I mean. Yeah, when I heard that, I was just like, oh, oh, great. great. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, hopefully so, they'll migrate right past you. They, yeah, or it just won't happen. Sometimes it doesn't. I'm hoping for the, it just doesn't happen. Okay, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> um, Sure. <laughs> hey, you know. So anybody who's listened to the show, listen to our fantastical werewolves episode. And I think it's safe to say now that uh, you have gotten the podcast bug because that first episode, you were so just uh, hesitant's not the word for it because you were actually kind of excited, but you were so worried. And then we did it and you came out of there and you were like, oh, my God, that was the coolest thing ever. I want to do another one right now. And I just loved that. And uh so literally when we were sitting there talking about it, you're like, Oh, I want to do another one. So I said, yeah. what would you like to do? And <laughs> you had just read us a unique bit of prose about vampires <laughs> and with their razor sharp fangs. And so you said, Hey, let's do one on our favorite vampires. Yeah. And I agreed. And you know, I like what we're doing here where we're picking the werewolf or the vampire from a particular uh, movie or TV show because the movie itself could be, could be crap, but the vampire was really cool. And so I think, you know, that that's a great idea. I already have our, our topic for our next podcast, which I will reveal to you at the end. And you will say yes. You will say yes. Look deep into my eyes. And it's good. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Okay. So what is the topic? The topic is our favorite vampires. So tell us a little bit about in general, what makes a vampire onto your list? Onto my list. um, We're vampires that just, you know, watch a lot of, a lot of vampire movies, a lot of horror movies. Um, been fascinated with vampires and werewolves pretty much my whole life. Um, Definitely your teens. Oh, yeah. And, you know, it was growing up. I mean, even now to this day, I remember moving into this new house and there was a full moon and I wasn't really worried about people. I was like, oh, great. Now I got to worry about werewolves tonight. <laughs> um, same thing with vampires. Like I've always just kind of like think 
I'm not saying that they're real. I'm just saying that, I mean, I, I believed in other things that were probably far less real. So, <laughs> you know. Like an impartial um, government? No, never mind. Sorry. Move on. <laughs> and so um, it's just one of those things that fascinates me. And so mine five are vampires that were I to ever... I mean, you've read the prose I wrote when I was a teenager. Let's just say that I got changed. These are vampires <laughs> that I wouldn't mind being and or that I think speak to what, when people think vampire, this is what they think about. Yeah. And that's who yeah. made my list. Well, I had my first vampire experience at a very, very early age um, with a childcraft encyclopedia. And it was all about folklores and uh, myths and stuff like that. And so in it, they gave a whole little entry about proving that vampires did not exist, could not exist. And basically they said, okay, if you had one vampire, no matter how it was created, you have one. And he bites one person and then you have two vampires and they bite one person and now you have four. And they showed to a child level that it would quickly encompass the entire populace of the world. And so therefore they couldn't be because math. So I remember as a, as a young kid thinking, Oh, vampires are cool, but you know what? I don't think they could exist because they're hungry and they have to eat and they return people and whatnot. So uh, I stuck with that for a long time. I looking at my vampires on the list. I didn't really notice one single path, one thread that connected all of my vampires together, except for fangs. And um, I'm I'm very interested. I think we will have a little bit of crossover, maybe, maybe. I I know you like some of the hunky vampires, uh, but we'll see. But uh, in an effort for us to minimize our crossover we decided very early that our lists would not include count dracula himself where if it was a movie or the show where he was referred to as count dracula we would keep him off the list but we have each created a list of our fave five count draculas and we will give you that before we get to our favorite vampires. So just hang tight. You may not hear us talk about Dracula yet. Uh, We'll talk about his effects, maybe about, you know, the far reaching implications of his story and his legend. Uh, But until we get to pass my number two, we won't really call out any count Dracula's, not even the serial. Did you see there's a new monster serial? I did not. Yes, yes. It's a uh, uh, Caramala something or another, but it's a, it's a girl and she's green and the cereal tastes like caramel apples. Really? Yeah, mm. yeah I just saw it this week. So. Does it sound horrible? I know. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, it, sounds, it sounds electrifying. So, uh, all right. Well, I guess if we've gotten all the fluff out of the way, we understood why we made the lists and when vampire, when Dracula will come in. Uh, I think I'm ready to hear your honorable mention or, or mentions or. Well, I only have one. Okay. I only have one because, and, and she's an honorable mention because she just really wasn't. I mean, she was amazing, but her, her, 
fame, I guess, or I guess time on screen was very limited. Mm-hmm. However, it was completely unforgettable. I don't mm-hmm. know if you know where I'm going yet with this. I do. Um, but my honorable mention will be Sama Hyatt playing, of course, Pandemonium um, in From Dust Till Dawn. That and, is, I could just see from the blush. You're like, oh, yeah. Well, I mean, first of all, who did not want to be her? Okay. Um, and if you didn't want to be her, you wanted to be with her. Mm, still um, do. And then, but then she turns into this stark, raving, horrendous looking vampire, which is just hilarious because most people think vampires are supposed to be beautiful. And um, it was actually quite the opposite. She's this beautiful woman dancing with this snake, which, by the way, according to her, it was pretty, like nobody really told her what to do. And yeah. she was terrified of snakes and she debated even doing it. And I think was told there was somebody else that maybe was going to take the role. And so I think she had to get over her fear to do it. They didn't say like, do it this way. She just kind of did it. And so, yeah, um, yeah. yeah it was amazing. One of the oh. most I mean, unforgettable um, scenes in a movie. Yes. Sure. Yes. Um, what's his name? Uh, uh, Quentin Tarantino drunk bourbon mm-hmm. offered her toes or something. I mean, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, what more could you and ask ever, for? Right? Everybody wanted to be Quentin Tarantino at that moment. Mm. I what she something like, um, um, I'm going to drain you of blood, but not all the way, and you will become my my slave, my step stool. Uh, just oh man, she was bad. She was well, bad. honestly, was she talking? No. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, bring it on. I mean, I guess my second one, if you know, would be Adam Sandler when he was Dracula, which is a kind of a Dracula, but just an honorable mention in Hotel Transylvania. Oh, yes. His yes. voice, everything. I mean, it really brought the character out. Um, and it was I, I loved it. And his beautiful daughter, Mavis. Yes. You know? Oh, yes. That's a good one, too. I actually enjoyed those movies. I thought they were... I haven't seen, like, the last two. But I saw the... I think there's four. I saw the first one and the second one. And, yeah, I did. I enjoyed them for what they are, you know? Right, right, right. right. Yeah, yeah. No, that's those good ones. I like those. Thank you. What are yours? Well, um, my... I have two honorable mentions. And as early as that childcraft encyclopedia story got to me there was actually someone who got to me earlier and he's someone that i feel like i can always count on i am of course talking about count von count who lives on this muppet sesame street oh my gosh yes yes so jerry nelson helped create and voiced count von count from 72 to 2004 and then Matt Vogel took over in 2004. He has, okay, now, and this is something that I never put together until doing this research. So, in all of the folklore, one of the ways to not defeat a vampire, but to maybe make him, to give yourself time to get away, they would say was you would take either like toothpicks or matchsticks. And when the vampire was coming at you, you would throw them on the floor and they have arithmomania, which makes them stop and have to count all of them before they could move on. 
<laughs> and so the fact that Count von Count counts everything just, I mean, yeah, just blew my mind. Yeah. And I was like, wow. And then I go back and I think I have seen a couple of different times. I think maybe even Salem's, no, it wasn't Salem's lot. But anyway, where so they would throw something. I specifically remember somebody throwing seeds on the mm-hmm. ground and the vampire had to stop and count them. And I just, I thought that was just wonderful. And of course, you can't talk about Count Von Count without talking about his hit single, The Batty Bat, which to this day is still on my rotation. Oh, 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 I love Count Von Count. So, got some love for the Count? Yep. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, You're probably too young to remember the Count because, you know, it was, yeah, so. I I do love that you said that, but no, I do remember the Count. (laughs) (laughs) So, my other honorable mention is not Count Dracula. But so close to Count Dracula that the Stoker heirs sued because of him. And I am talking about Count Orlock or Graf Orlock, commonly but erroneously known as Nosferatu, mm-hmm. who was the vampire in the 1922 movie by F.W. Murnau as Nosferatu. So it's almost the exact same story as Dracula, but it is so much scarier. The look that he has, the gaunt face, the long fingernails, just Max Shrek just took that and took it to, to levels. Of course, by at that time had never been done. And now that look has gone to so many different vampires over the years through the movies. It just set the pace. As a matter of fact, obviously, we this is the we just had the 100th anniversary of the movie last year, and with the um, the uh, Lake Charles Parish Film Festival, we did a showing of it, a totally restored version that was unbelievable. So it's it's in the honorable mentions because I absolutely love the film, but it is a silent film, so it's not something that I sit down and watch on the reg. Because you have to sit and watch it. And I love to have movies playing like on the second screen while I'm working and, you know, can kind of go back and forth. But but to sit down and watch it, it it takes, you know, yeah. Takes, yeah. So uh, that's why Max Shrek as Count Orlock is my second honorable mention. Good one. It's good one. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it. Speaking of which, I am super excited to see the Demeter coming out later this this summer which is the story of the boat that brings vampire uh, Count Dracula's coffins filled with his homeland dirt and him across the sea to America. Have you seen the trailers for this? No. Okay. You have got to go and watch them when this is finished Okay. because it, it, it looks incredible. I mean, you know, again, you think about that story. It's not a huge part of the, the original book because all you had are the captain's notes so you don't know but this is you can see what's going on and how it builds up and so watch the trailer for it it's a it's a full-blown looks like it's going to be a good one so okay uh, anyway okay 
All right. So we are now have talked about our honorable mentions. I think, Miss P, if you're ready, let's sink our teeth into our fave, five fave vampires. It's almost like a tongue twister, huh? It is. Kind of get around those teeth, you know? Uh-huh. Well, okay. So I'll start with my number five. My number five is Morbius. Dr. Michael Morbius, to be exact. Um, I know. From the comic books, right? Yes, from the comic okay. books. Okay. Not from the movie, but from the comic Not books. Not from the movie, from the comic books. Okay. Correct. So, <laughs> so, and again, sometimes, like you said, the movie might not be great even, um, but it's the vampire itself. I love the story. Um, the whole anti-hero, you know, he's trying to cure something. Um, he creates this. Of course, he's trying to fix it. But yet he has, of course, all the strengths of vampires. But none of their weakness, which is great. Um, and again, I just think it's a really great backstory as far as far as a vampire goes. Um, I really like his story. I like how he tries to, even though he kind of fights some of the other good characters, he does in his own right try to do good. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's a great character. I will say that the movie failed to really get me, you know, in uh, mostly because it didn't, ha- it wasn't in the Spider-Man universe and okay. Peter Parker and Spider-Man as separate individuals play a lot toward the Morbius character. I love the fact that I don't know how much of the comics you ever read, but there's a time when he is trying to help and I'm probably going to get this wrong, but he is trying to help Dr. Kirk Connors cure himself of the lizard stuff and he's working with dr morbius and something happens and he ends up giving himself a injection and he ends up getting six arms like a spider so there's this famous cover where peter is fighting him with six arms and it's just you know it's just wackiness and i (laughs) i loved it but no that's a great choice since you didn't choose him from the movie (laughs) I mean, you know, since, I mean, I love you, but movie choices, are they really kind of always your thing? I'm, hey, I'm now. Just thinking back to hey, um, I'm just saying, if you don't <laughs> like Wolf Cop, that is on you. <laughs> well, what's your number five? Well, my number five is, okay, so my the what I chose for number five and what I almost chose for number five both in the same movie, but okay. I had to go with Jerry Dandridge from the original Fright Night as Fright portrayed Night. by Chris Sarandon. Okay. Yes. He was such a great vampire, not just in his quote unquote human personage, but also when he would full vamp, he was, uh, uh, he you know, he was classy, he was regal, he was good looking, he was hip, he was rich, he was all of those things. And then when when Charlie and and Ed and uh, Amy all, you know, start to realize kind of what's going on and they bring in uh, 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 Peter Vincent and he just, he, he just could wipe them out if he wanted to, mm-hmm. but he, he plays with them. <laughs> I love the, the the way the movie kind of ends 
the fact that he picks Amy and brings her back and is 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 converting her. So mm-hmm. my number five would have been Amy as a vampire. Uh, yes, because she's incredibly hot as a vampire, but also because she used that to try to get Charlie in. Mm-hmm. But she wasn't a vampire long enough to be honest right, in the movie. Right, so right. I couldn't really pick her, though I did put a picture of her up next to to, to Chris Sarandon here. Um, you know, because Oh, I get it. I'm I'm winking at Salma right here on my wall. Yeah. I know what you mean. <laughs> it's hot in here. Um, um so that would be now interestingly enough, uh, they made a comic book series about this, and there is actually a group who goes and collects all of the ashes that were left over. And brings them back and tries to resurrect him because he was actually created by Vlad the Impaler, the original Count Dracula, way back in, uh, I don't know, wherever. And he was made right before Dracula came to America. So he stayed there in Europe and created this huge... I don't know what you call them, coven of vampires that were all killed right before he was forced to move to America. So there's this whole backstory oh, out wow. there. Yeah. yeah I, that I didn't even know. Yeah. So it was very cool. He was uh, a compatriot of Vlad the second of Wallachia. So wow. go. yeah. And you know, Marcy. yeah, I do. I do like that choice. That's actually one of, I loved that character. I love that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember, I mean, it was, it was really, it, they did a good it, job of scaring and you're right. Yes. He really did. He could have destroyed them. And it's almost, you know, I have this, I love vampires, of course, but I also love cats. And the irony of that <laughs> is if you noticed, <laughs> he kind of plays with them like a cat. We play something that a kid, you know, just, oh, I'm just going to kind of do it in my own time, you know? And um, I, I kind of like that. You're, you're right. It's so there. <laughs> yeah, it's still there. All yeah. right. Well, I I just think, and I didn't see the remake, um, so I don't I don't have any judgments on that. The remake's good. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm always one who loves an original better, um, but the remake is not it, it's not bad. If you would have never okay. seen the original, the remake's great. And if you've uh, seen the original, you're not gonna. I don't think many people are gonna be like, oh, it was horrible. It was horrible. It's just another version of it um yeah. with different people kind of but the same basic story oh okay more, a little right. more modern yeah yeah i remember seeing um the sequel to the original one a long time ago and i couldn't even tell you anything about it because every time i think about it instead i get images of grace lee jones as from vamp oh my gosh so, yeah 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 so, and, and which you know did not make my list but uh <laughs> it, it did not make mine either however it really, that movie really kind of shook me when I watched it. Um, she was a terrifying vampire. And the yes, story itself, I, I really like. Um, I just think it's one of those things that I've always liked the movie. Actually, David had never even heard of it and had him watch it with me one night. Um, I, I think it's one of those, I think it's a wolf cop of the vampire movies, but it's good. Come on. <laughs> I'm never going to live that down. <laughs> You are not. You are not my smart friend. All right, my pretty friend. Why don't you then, quickly changing the uh, topic, why don't we talk about your number four? 
All right. So my number four is David from the Lost Boys. Um, How did I know that? (laughs) Played by Kiefer Sutherland. I mean, here we have this charismatic, um, extremely, you know, just leather jacket. Settle down, girl. Okay, okay. Got a little drool there. All right, sorry. Okay, okay. So, um, yeah. And so, you know, he's he's the type of person that he, he, you know, you don't want to do something because you know it's probably dangerous. You're not supposed to, but you're gonna because it's him. Um, definitely the, the kind of guy that every girl needs to stay away from. Um, but yeah, um, and every guy really, should stay away from too. Yeah, that too. But I really that you know he played such and and really you thought he was spoiler alert if you haven't seen it yet you thought he was the head vampire because of the way he acted. Right. Wasn't. Um. So that, that was a good too, because you expect, okay, like we get him, you know, we finally, cause I mean, there's no niceness to this guy. He is cold calculating. I mean, he's in it for we're humans are food. There's no real humanity left to him um, at all. Right. So, um, but when he dies and you're expecting like, Oh, it's all going to be okay. And it's not. Yeah. It was a good, that's a really good movie. And the soundtrack's great too. Soundtrack is wonderful. I mean, how many chain-laden saxophone giants have you seen in horror movies? Just just one. Just one. <laughs> just one. You know, that guy still does, like, the convention circuit, really? and he will play the saxophone. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That's, okay. That's awesome. Good to know. Yeah. Um, okay, so we could talk about my number four. Uh, and you will probably drool a little bit more, which is just another reason why I love you so much. <laughs> so my number four was born Esmeralda, the Dompier, which is a mythical creature that is the result of a union between a vampire and a human, usually a male vampire and a female human. In 1894, to Mauricio and Quixalto. But this case it was a female vampire and a male human. And so the human uh, is able to take the child and raise her uh, as a human, though not very well. And she was fighting to not be a vampire through most of her coming up ages until the age of, 19th until the year 1913 when she finally completes her transformation becomes a vampire princess and her mother orders her to kill her grandmother which she does turns her father into vampire and then changes her name to santiago pandemonium (laughs) oh yes and in her vampire form now comes out and lives as you say, until 1996, when she becomes the compatriot, the, I don't even know what to call her on this family-friendly show, but the exotic <laughs> dancer who <laughs> feeds upon Richie Gecko and is stabbed in the uh, through the arm. You remember that? And through the hand. And that's yeah. kind of what sets her off. And she's able to, she's finally killed by Seth who shoots a chandelier, dropping it, and kills her in the process. So you, my friend, do have excellent taste. And Santiago, 
Santi Tinico Pandemonium from the movie. I haven't seen all of the TV series, but I mean, come on, it's Salma. How are you going to, you know, you're not, it's Salma, you know? Yeah, exactly. I know. Turn my fan up, man. I follow her on Instagram. I'm not going to lie. I follow her on Instagram just to see her bikini photos. It's like, how do you do it? Oh my God. Is she like just had her birthday the other day? And I know, I saw it. To, oh my God. I love you. But <laughs> yeah. oh, wow. Wow. Well, and then did you see? So, um, because the other, what's um, the other one's name? Sophia Vergara. Sophia Vergara. Yeah. Yeah. They were kind of doing a, trying to pit them against each other, which you can't, uh-huh. I mean, they're each so incredible in their own right. They shouldn't be pitted against each other. Unless they're in lingerie and a, in a, one of those mud baths. I'm sorry. It's your your story. Please go ahead. So, so they did. They did have like a little poll um, on on the bikini photos you're talking about for them celebrating their birthdays, which they have no problem admitting how old they were. And no, I'm, I mean we're all just pleased. You know what can we do? I mean, you know, do it's we their world, and we're just living sa- in it. Blood sacrifices. What do we need to do? Um, but yeah, like who, you know, they had kind of had a little poll with that. Um, but how do you choose between the two? I mean, yeah. Yeah. You don't. Anyway. No. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. If I had a gun to my head, it would be Salma. I mean, always. Yeah. I just I have to say, yeah. it's just Salma. Yeah. I mean, because yeah. um, Sophia's got the the big hunk guy that, you know, from. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, Joe Mangiello. There you go. There you go. So mm-hmm. I don't feel so bad for her. That is true. That is true. <sighs> All, All right, right so are you ready for my number three? I am ready for your number three. Okay, so let me preface this by saying that while I did thoroughly enjoy the series, I did not fall in love with this vampire from the series. I fell in love with this vampire when I wrote that little note that you read in my 16-year-old <laughs> handwriting. What? I'm sorry, that was read to me? I'm sorry. Uh, it's not I like I broke in. And, yes, you did. So. <laughs> I did. Um, and so the vampire in 1991, I was in high school and this, this book's come out by LJ L. Smith, the vampire diaries. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, the books were incredible, especially for, I mean, they were made for teenagers. Um, but you have this book and the, the two brothers, you know, you have Damon and, St- and Stephen or Stefan. Um, and most, most people, you start out where you're totally in love with Stefan, right? But as it goes on, oh, yeah, you, right. realize, <laughs> you realize that Damon, um, although, which is ironic because my husband's name is Damon. Ironic um, or it was destiny? It will be destiny. Um, but the, he had so many layers. There was just so much more to him. It, Stefan was a human who just kind of happened to be a vampire, whereas Damon owned what he was. Um, but he was he was fiercely loyal um, for any anybody that he loved, and and there was a lot of humanity. You just kind of had to peel back the layers. But fell in love with them in the books, and I say them because it was the whole, all of them. But if I, I mean, I'm choosing one, it'll be it'll be him. And this whole idea, especially as a teenager, loving the vampire series, but wondering like, okay, on the off chance I get this invite to become a vampire. <laughs> I'm going to say, yeah, it's going to kind of dampen my style. They have this jewel. You can still walk around in daylight as long as you're wearing it. I mean, there you go. 
That's there you it. go. Sold. So, done. Sign me up and suck me dry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, I'm not touching that at all. <laughs> well, so on that note, what's your number three? Okay, so I knew that this actress was mm-hmm. going to be on my list. And I thought I knew which movie it was she was going to be from. Okay. Until I started, went back and rewatched, because I've watched it a couple of times, but you know, she kind of blurs in, in between two or three movies that she's been in. Uh, I'm of course talking about the hammer beauty, Ingrid Pitt. So if you haven't seen any of the hammer movies, that's the one where Christopher Lee plays Dracula and Peter Cushing plays uh, Van Helsing. So in this, there's a movie called Countess Dracula. So I'm like, oh God, yeah, I remember that movie so much. Like she, she, you know, she does this and she does that and everything. And then I start looking up and I was like, oh, she's not a vampire in this movie. She's pretty much, um, oh, what's her name? Countess Bathory, who would kill young girls and, you know, drain out their blood. And she had like a, a pact with the devil and she was eternally beautiful. And so I was like, man, I love that movie, but that's right. She's not a vampire, so I can't count it. So I went with my second option, which was the 1970 uh, Hammer British horror film called Vampire Lovers. (laughs) And so in this, we do get Peter Cushing, though he is not Van Helsing. He is General Spielsdorf. And Carmilla appears first as Marciala. She, through a series of events, befriends the general's niece, Laura. Laura gets sick and dies. And then Marciella's mother fakes a breakdown and leaves the daughter with another guy. Anyway, long story short, she's a vampire. Ah! <laughs> and she is a beautiful vampire at that. The, uh, the cool thing is at the very end, they find Carmilla, you know, whoa, 40, 50 year old movie, spoiling it, 53 year old movie. They end up finding Carmilla's grave, and the general ends up putting a stake through her heart, cuts her head off like you're supposed to. And then Carmilla's portrait on the wall turns and shows now a fanged skeleton instead of what the beautiful young woman was. But if you've never seen an Ingrid Pitt film, she was in. Where I think it was where Eagles Dare with Charlton Heston, and she's been in several of these Hammer movies. You should check her out. I don't know where they stream. I could always, you know, loan you some because I have several <laughs> of her movies. But anyway, Kate O'Mara is in this as well. So in anyway, okay. but that's Carmilla Cardenstein from The Vampire Lovers, Ingrid Pitt, the future okay. ex Mrs. James Ray. So. That would mean we are now at your number two, your penultimate. I love that word. If I I paid for that word, I would, I have gotten my money out of it. That Um, is a really good word. So lay it on me. Your number two. Okay. My number two is none other than the vampire at Salem's lot. Really? Now you're well, gonna have to be more specific because he turns almost the entire town into vampires. So which the, one are you talking about? The main guy, the bad guy, the ultimate creepy, you know, yeah, because he just 
it was everything that you thought about a vampire. Like you're, you're living in this town. I mean, maybe people didn't have these thoughts, but I did. Anyway, I'm living in this town. This creepy old dude shows up. Strange disappearances and deaths start happening. And friends start showing up, you know, outside my window, floating in air. And it's none other than the creepy guy up the hill, for sure. Um, so, yeah, I just kind of, he was kind of the epitome of what would happen to these small towns as these vampires from, you know, the other worlds come over and spread. Mm-hmm. And so... It was I, terrifying. So I'm assuming, first of all, are we talking about the book, the miniseries, or the movie? Well, I mean, I read the book, but I guess I'm talking about the more so the movie. Uh-huh. Just, yeah. I never, okay. I honestly didn't know there was a miniseries. Oh, yeah. The miniseries. You've never seen it with David Soul? No. no. From the 70s? You've never seen it? No. I'm sorry. I am just like stunned. Girl, yeah. you need to find that. It's awesome. It's like did, it was a no, two-part miniseries directed by Toby Hooper. It. Oh, okay. So anyway, all right. Well, this is really interesting then because you've chose you've chosen the master Kurt Barlow from okay, yeah. Salem's Lot. Correct. I've chosen Kurt Barlow, the master from Salem's Lot, the TV series, the Wait, TV miniseries. Yes. Oh my god. Yes. So we've covered both both medias in this yeah. number two choice. So I'll tell you. Collide. Yes. The the master is played by a guy named Reggie Nalder, who was, I believe, an English, uh, an Englishman, but he's in full cost, full makeup the whole time. And he looks like Count Orlock from Nosferatu. Okay. And James Mason, you know who James Mason is, the old English actor. He plays the character uh oh, I can't think of his name right now. He was the master's human. Oh, are you talking about when they do the his servant? Um, yeah, but there's a, yeah, yeah, yeah. a familiar? Familiar, yes. Yeah, familiar. yeah. I think that's it. But yeah. he plays the he plays that character. And so you don't ever really see Kurt Barlow because when he pulls into town, it's all you see is this guy. And he's the mm-hmm. one who talks to people and he's, you know, he's very mysterious and people are kind of wondering, you know, well, what's, and then, like you said, all these people start, uh, Straker, that was his name, right, uh, right, Richard right. Straker. And I loved the master for one scene in particular. And it's the scene where Danny, Gl- no, it's not Danny Glick. Yeah, it is Danny Glick. Yeah, it is Danny Glick. Okay. Yeah. Where the master shows up at Danny's home and him and Straker are there. And the priest is there with Danny's parents and the guy shows up and he kills his parents right away. And the the master's holding Danny by the throat. And there's this, and I've used it uh, at the beginning of a um, complete disarray because I love it so much. He's like, you know, preacher, uh, are you, are you strong enough to, to face the master, your faith against his face? Throw away your your cross. Face the master. And he's just got that, that voice, you know, that just he could read a phone book and you'd watch it. It's just an incredible scene. I wow, I, I've got to tell you, I'm 
I'm a little stunned that you've never watched, never seen this. I know. You can, you can rent it for $2.99 on Prime Video. Okay, I'll do it. Okay. Now be careful. There's there's that one, and then there's one with Rob Lowe. And I won't I won't say the Rob Lowe is bad. It's not. Okay. It, they go into other things that the book didn't get to, you know, to get into. But you need to watch the one from 1979. It's okay. got Dave, David Soul from Starskin Hutch. It's got so many people in it. Um, and so when I was reading it for this one, I found an interesting thing about the guy who plays Kurt, Kurt Barlow. Um, he went on, he did a couple of other movies, and one of them that he did was with uh, Bill Cosby. Uh, he also played like an Andorian on Star Trek and stuff. Oh, okay. But I'm reading through this, and he was in this movie called The Devil and Max Devlin from 1981. And the interview later on, he claimed that he could not stand. Now, this was 1981. He okay. could not stand working with Bill Cosby. And he described him as, quote, a pig as well as a, quote, rudent, arrogant, and very untalented. So wow. if the world had just listened to the master mm-hmm. back in 1981. Yeah. Oh, exactly. man. So wow. anyway. But well, yes. thank you. I did not know. I will definitely go watch that. Yeah. And we find out later on, I didn't read it, but the Dark Tower series, they right. actually talk about him the master and they say that he is what is called a type one vampire and that the reason that he looks the way that he looks is because he wasn't really made he was created as a vampire he wasn't turned from another human so all those looks and that you know disgusting face so that's all it's going to be yeah 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 oh wow gosh i I wish I find it's fitting that our twos, though, are pretty much, uh, I mean, it's the same, same character. Yeah. You know, yeah, it, same it's character. The, just different. Yeah. I do too. I do too. That's why I love you so much. <laughs> I know. Same, same. <laughs> um, so, anyway, all right. So, we are now done with our number twos. Unless, was there anything else you wanted to say? Oh, no. About the, I mean, about the master. <laughs> I okay. never show up at my house, but <laughs> <laughs> thank God. <laughs> so we are now at the point where we can talk about our five favorite Draculas. Okay. And again, in an effort to not cross over all of these different ones, we've made this list of the times that the character was actually Count Dracula on the screen. So if you're ready, why don't you go ahead and give us all five of your Draculas? Okay. <clears throat> Do you want me to give them in any sort of order? Or can I no. Just, just whatever. Right. Just spit them. Mine aren't in any order either. Okay. So my top five, well, my five are. Thank you. Of course, no list would be complete without Bella Lugosi. Lugosi. Mm-hmm. Not even really sure how to pronounce it. But I just know that Lugosi. you made everyone, all the women swoon. Mm-hmm. Then you literally. Have, literally, yeah. Um, and then you, then there's the um, Gerard Butler from Dracula 2000. Okay. Okay. I, I, whether this is a popular opinion or not, Nicolas Cage in Renfield. Oh, yeah. That's. <laughs> I did watch it. By the way, we loved it. Oh, I loved it. I loved oh, it. Oh my god. Uh, okay. 
Um, and then you have, um, and I don't know his name. I, I'm sorry, I didn't even write it down just because, you know, I know he's he's playing a Dracula, but it's the the one that played Dracula Untold. Um, oh, yeah, the, 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 the Dark Universe guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, of course, Gary Oldman, Bram Stoker's Dracula. Wow, yeah. That's my, that's my five. Do I need to defend any of those choices? You do not. I would say Gerard Butler was an interesting choice. So of the four, um, why, why are you going with that one? Uh, I, I did like, I liked the story. I think that he made a good Dracula. I think, you know, the movie may not have been the best movie, but I think he played his character well. Uh-huh. Now I'm trying to remember if that is the one, was that the one that had Aja Argento in it? I don't know a lot of these names like you do. What was it called? Dracula 2000. wonder what year it came out in. Um, I can tell you that. Let's see. <laughs> it's a joke. I'm sorry. <laughs> it came out in 2000. <laughs> so that is not the one that I'm thinking of, but I'm familiar with it because that is the one where Jerry Ryan, Seven of Nine from Voyager, is one of the three brides of Dracula, along with Jennifer Esposita. And oh, okay. Forgive me for not knowing who the third one is, but but damn, um, those were some hot. You're gonna girls. have to go back and watch this one now, huh? Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, at least uh, certain parts of it. Oh. Um, it was a Wes Craven production. He did not direct it, but I think he was the producer. And it came out at the very end of the year. So yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I'm seeing this one. I'll, I'll be honest. I'm. Not a huge fan, but I mean, come on, Nathan Fillion is is a priest in the movie. You know, you can't go too wrong. I, I, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, really, because when you said that, I didn't. I thought if I had to defend any of them, it was going to be that one. Um, just because, again, the movie was maybe not one of the best, but I think that he did well. I think that if there was going to be a, a Dracula, him in that role, he he definitely could pull it off. Yeah. Well, of course, on this show, you never have to defend your answers. You just will need to explain why, because we, we want to know. I am thinking of the film uh, Dracula 3D that was directed by Dario Argenta and Sars Aja in it. And Rutger Hauer. Yeah, Rutger Hauer was like the Ben Helsing character. So I've never heard that one. Yeah, it's uh, it's in it's like 2012. Mm-hmm. And it's got some weird CGI in it. So I, I hate to say it's forgettable because I love Argento and, and I love his, you know, his daughter, but I've seen it just once. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, that tells you anything. Yeah. All right. So I am so going to give you my yeah. five. Yes. Okay. So I'm going to start off in no particular order. Count Dracula as portrayed by Alan Swift from the Rankin and Bass 1967 movie that was released in the theatrically released movie called Mad Monster Party, question mark, which is a movie that we watch pretty much every Halloween. And it's done like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and Santa Claus is coming down. It's that same studio, the same type of, and Boris Karloff plays the the evil, not the evil, but the mad scientist. And he has developed a special formula. And so he brings everybody in. Uh, Phyllis Diller plays like 
Frankenstein's wife, and there's all of these different people. And there's this cool Count Dracula character. He looks like a like a Playmobil character, and he's got the the um, monocle on or whatnot. But I just I love it. It's a very fun uh, movie. It's got it's got oh man, it's got uh, musical numbers in it. It's got zombies that uh, are like the waiters and stuff that change their heads from one to another. It's 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 a lot of fun. Um, but anyway, I also chose Gary Oldman from Bram Stoker's Dracula from 1992, where he played the role of both Count Dracula and Vlad the Impaler. Some will say is the same person. And this one, they try to say it's the same person. Others will tell you it's two completely different people. I also chose Bela Lugosi from the many Dracula films, uh, but specifically the one from 1931, the one that started it all. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, no favorite list would be complete without Christopher Lee from the Hammer films, starting in 1958. And then, I guess if I had to pick one from this list that would be the the dark horse of mm-hmm. the list, it is Carlos Villarais, Villarice, who played Condi Dracula from the 1931 Spanish version of Dracula. Now, are you familiar with this story? No. Okay. So when Universal was first starting out, okay, obviously this was like a huge gamble on their side. What they decided to do is to work with a Mexican company and they would film the American actors on the set during the day. And film it day for night, which is a process that you use, you know, through the camera and, and the way to develop it. And then the Spanish actors would come in and use the same sets and film at night. Oh. And a completely different cast, directors, everything. The only thing they shared were, were the sets and the cameras. And if you've never seen that version of it, because it's 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 done in Mexico, they were, I feel, looser with mm-hmm. the restrictions of what they did. For example, when the brides come, they just seem a lot more alluring. Mm-hmm. And he plays he plays Dracula maybe a couple of notches lower, mm-hmm. but a couple of notches more evil than oh. Bela Lugosi did. And so it's really cool if you ever have the opportunity to sit down and watch Dracula and then turn around and follow it up and watch the Spanish version of it to just okay. see what they did with it. So hmm. anyway, and of course, Nick Cage, he was awesome. We could do a whole show about it. You know, it is, it, and I know this is probably unpopular to see, but it I is know. the first movie that I have ever enjoyed Aquafina's performance. <laughs> I, I just, you know, call yeah. me whatever you will. I just don't think she's funny. It's one of those people that's just, I don't get it. Right. But in this movie, she yeah. checked every box. I mean, yep. she was smart and she was funny. They mm-hmm. didn't, you know, make her a love interest. They made her a strong individual. Um, she didn't make stupid decisions. Right. Just all around just loved her performance. Not even talking mm-hmm. about how great nick cage was and and how great you know renfield was yeah the ending kind of made me like oh come on really pass the kool-aid around what but that notwithstanding 
I loved the scenes that they filmed with Nick and, and is it Marston? No, it's not it's Marston, whatever his name is, where they recreated the 1931 Dracula scenes with those two actors in it. So I really would love to see another, a sequel of some sorts mm-hmm. to it. I don't know how they would do that or whatever, but I love his. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, his, his, and I, this is the last thing I'm going to say before we get to our number ones. The the look that he had with those teeth and everything, mm-hmm. I read a uh, an article about it, and it said that he directly took that from the 1930s London After Midnight movie starring Lon Chaney that has been lost to the ages, like the last mm-hmm. known copy of it burned in like 1965, and so we only have stills stuff from it. But if you if you look up a poster of it, you can see how he looks compared to how, you know, Nick Cage looked. So oh, I thought wow. that was pretty cool. And of course, we yeah. know that he was a vampire, another vampire in a, in another movie. But but I I can't remember what it was, Moonlight or something like that. But Nick plays a, a vampire in that one too. Yeah, was it? Um, it was like from the eighties, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, kind of a comedy. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Oh, I can't remember the name of it. Yeah. Yeah. They did. I thought it was great. Um, And um, again, I'm like you, it's probably not popular opinion, but I really enjoyed it. And Renfield himself, who has done other movies that we'll probably talk about on some of our next series. Mm -hmm. um, I really liked him. They, I think they all did great. Yeah. Very entertaining. Very entertaining. All right. All right. Enough, enough Dracula conversations. We are now one ready for your number one. Your absolute favorite vampire, uh, not counting when Damon wears that red speedo and the black cape. Because oh, not, you can't, you have to change because it has to have been on screen or in a book. Okay. That's true. That's true. Well, I mean, so, the photo book, I guess that doesn't really count. Yeah, I will need well, that back, though, by the way. Oh, um, I've, I'll, I'll get it to, to Noah. Yeah. I'll, I'll take it back. <laughs> don't want to mail so, that. Yeah. Don't want to mail that. So, my number one vampire combines both my love of vampires and my love of science because this vampire is none other than Blade. Love him. Oh, yes. The Daywalker. 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 Yes, he is. Look, I mean, if I had to be a vampire, I want number one, all black, kind of my thing anyway, um, with the dress. And number two, um, you know, like, He's just, he is kick butt. I mean, that's kick butt. He does. You know, he, he is a vampire technically, mm-hmm. uh, but I love the story that again, and, and you know, it kind of goes back to this, uh, probably why I like Morbius so much in his story. Vampirism is a disease that can be treated. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, he really, he's a protector. Um, everything, just everything about Blade, I, I love. You know, that that to me is what vampires should be. Yeah. Yeah. And so do you have a particular performance or scene that you. Oh, well, I did, mean, the nightclub scene. I mean, who does. I mean, back when that came out, what was it? 1998. Yeah. We were all, I mean, our age, we were all in the clubs. I mean, that was one of the most. And, you know, it's weird because, you know, those scenes and then kind of almost like the matrix all of that was kind of around the same time right right you, know, you have and 
but yeah, I mean, that was just incredible. I mean, normally you didn't see vampires in acting like that. That wasn't how a vampire looked. A vampire, you know, at the time you had what that was when Interview with a Vampire was coming out. So vampires were on these old aristocratic clothes and and then you have Blade, who is just, you know, he's a protector. He's got, you know, Whistler. They're doing all these science things, trying to fix stuff and right. kill the bad ones. And oh, yeah, it's just yeah. awesome. Yeah. Oh, I, I'm in total agreement that 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 first scene at the in the oh, club God. where he, he gets into that circular room. Oh and, yeah. Oh man, that's just that's some awesome stuff. That it is. is. It yeah, is. I did hear that, and I was a little disappointed that the Blade movie has been pushed back again um, to see. And of all of the movies that they're rebooting, I think this is one of the ones that I'm actually excited to see because right. I do feel that. Um. Wesley Snipes did an incredible job. I love all three of them. Okay. I I just, even the last movie that everybody gives so much grief to, I thought it was a different approach to it. And again, I just loved it. But the first one is just in my mind, iconic. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's a great vampire. And even Deacon Frost is not the normal vampire. You know, the yeah. way they go out and they pull the teeth out of the old vampire and then yeah. leave him in the sun to burn up. I mean, that was just, that was badass. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, yeah. that was just, that was cruel. That was cruel. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. so it it's terrible. Like- well, my number one may surprise you, but I'm just going to go out there and tell you it is Mamu Waldi. Or, okay. as he may be known, Blackula. <laughs> Play, portrayed by William Marshall in both Blackula and Scream, Blackula Scream. Okay. So are you at least familiar with who Blackula is? Yes. Okay. Yes. So for you out there who's not, in 1780, African prince Mamuwaldi travels to Transylvania to seek the help of Count Dracula in suppressing the slave trade. Dracula refuses, however, and insults Mamawaldi by making a pass at his wife, Luva. After a scuffle with Dracula's minions, he is then bitten by Dracula and transformed into a vampire. He curses him with the name Blackula and then imprisons him in a sealed coffin in a crypt hidden in the castle while leaving Luva to die in a chamber. Okay, so then we fast forward to 1972. At the castle where these two interior decorators from L.A. have shown up and are just purchasing all of this cool stuff. And they find this hidden room. And, oh, my God, they're so in love with this cool coffin. And they get it and they ship it back. And they open it and Black Yellow comes out. So he, he automatically starts, you know, going out. He, he like, stops a, uh, a cabbie turns that cabbie a female into it and then he runs into a a woman named tina williams and her sister michelle and michelle's boyfriend dr thomas and he believes tina to be the incarnation of luva so he spends the rest of the movie doing everything that he can to to get to her and at the end he finally does find her and turns her into a vampire but before they can get away, one of them shoots and kills Tina before she's 
transformed into a vampire. Okay. Um, so he black even gets with the police. He then transforms her, but one of the cops shows up who knows what's been going on. And he puts a stake through Tina's heart. Uh-huh. And now she's dead thinking that that's where black kid was going to be. So devastated. He's got no reason to live anymore. Black kid walks up to the top of the building, which I think was like a chemical plant or something like that. Uh, and he exposes himself to the sun and he dies. But in true Hollywood form, he's back in the next one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so William Marshall, who plays Mama Waldy, is just, he's an incredible actor. He, if you know anything about Star Trek, he played Richard Daystrom, who creates uh, the M5 computer that was going to run its own starship. And later on, uh, he's won all these awards and everything now, like in Picard, and they're still talking about him. He has a whole institute uh, named after him. But the actor is just this incredibly performing, uh, gives this incredible performance where he is just like three levels above everyone else in this movie. And he just embodies, yes, it's a seventies, uh, black exploitation film. Yes. It, it touches on all of these, you know, different, you know, things that you could just write off. But if you watch just his performance, he is absolutely incredible. I watched this movie on the rag all the time. Mm-hmm. Scream Blackula Scream had Pam Greer in it. <laughs> you know, that. oh yeah, she's awesome. Yeah. And I just there's so many normal Draculas out there that yeah. normal vampires out there that this guy just sticks out in my mind. And mm-hmm. that's why I had to choose Mama Waldi as my favorite vampire. Good choice. Good choice. Thank you. So you've never seen it. No, but I will definitely watch it now. I think they're on Amazon. Okay. Pretty sure they're on Amazon, but it might be Shutter. I don't know, but they're definitely worth worth seeking out and watching. Well, Not you know, as bad as Wolfcon. <laughs> well, so uh, with that, you know, I want to be the judge of that. But <laughs> I, I know, you no. Know, while I was looking to try to, number one, there are so many that we couldn't even touch on because you know, limit to five. So um, many, with so many, because but there were some, and and I remember seeing this. Um, seeing Blackula along with the one that Leslie Nielsen is in. That's a Dead and loving it. Yeah. He, he was so on my short list. I actually kind of made a mental note. Like these are ones I want to see. I just didn't have time to watch them. I mean, we just scheduled this like a week ago. Yeah. Um, and I had to, you know, there was some that I, I kind of knew were going to be on my list. Um, and then some others that I couldn't decide on. And again, even trying to shorten it, even more um, because, you know, you have the whole underworld series mm-hmm. um, and then, um, yeah, there's just a lot. So, so I'm definitely going to watch that one and, and the Leslie Nielsen one for sure. Those so are going to go up on my list. There's also uh, George Hamilton is in a comedy where he plays Dracula and okay. I forget what it's called. Oh, love it. First bite. So that's mm-hmm. a good spoof. And Saturday the 14th, there's a Count Dracula in that one as well. And that one is a bad movie, but it's so bad, it's good. Because it has all (laughs) these little 
little Easter eggs and nods to all the classic monsters in it and stuff. Okay. Um, and so there are some, like you just said, that we haven't touched upon. Right. Uh, no, notably, for me, it was Coach Feratu from the Rick and Morty episode, Big Trouble and Little Sanchez. Um, it was Grandpa and Lily Munster from the Munsters, yes, both yes. vampires. Uh, Janos Skorinski, who uh-huh. was the vampire in the first Night Stalker episode slash movie. The okay. one in, right there in your hometown of uh, Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. And let's see, there was one other one. Oh, it was Ron Perlman's vampire from Blade 2. Yes. Light Hammer or something like that. Yes. Yes. Those were, oh. that was, that was cool vampires as well. Oh, yes. I forgot about him. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So awesome. That was a good one. Yes. All right. So not even done with this one for a minute now. <laughs> Our next topic. <laughs> Staying with the same type of theme, I was thinking that we could do witches. Witches. Okay. Witches. Okay. Favorite witches, not witch movies. Witches. Yes. Favorite witches. From from film or TV. Okay. You can, how about if you have one from books, you put it as an honorable mention. And sure. then just our fives will be from movies and TVs. Movies and TVs. Okay. Yes. And it has to be an actual witch, not someone dressed up like a witch from like, say, a, a, an episode, you know, a Halloween episode. Correct. Okay. Okay. And I will give you one month. To okay. Watch. So I'm not rushing you. So we are going to say one month from now on a Sunday in the afternoon, if this works. We will sit down and do our Faith Five Witches. Sounds good. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, that was awesome. This was, you had a very, very good list. I really enjoyed yours, uh, especially. I, I enjoy yours. Uh, uh, and the our, ones that I'm going to watch because of yours. <laughs> I really hope you like. Now, you know, if you really like Morbius, he was done very well in the Amazing Spider-Man cartoon from mm-hmm. like the 90s or so. They had a very good representation of him there too. I enjoyed mm-hmm. that version. Um, so and let's go, let's go get some Chinese food slash maggots and see how that is tonight for supper. Sounds delicious. Yeah. So I'd like to thank all of you out there in the podcast universe for once again joining us for an episode of Fave Five from Fans. You can find us and more from the Plastic Microphone Studios wherever you catch a podcast. And it would be a massive help. If you could consider leaving us a review and an all-important five-star review. So many of you listen to us on Apple Podcasts. So it's very easy to leave a rating there and it would really help to grow the show. And don't forget, if you like the show, consider telling a friend about it. Maybe somebody at work, maybe on the bus, whatever. And if you don't like the show, maybe consider, consider telling someone that you don't like. Maybe at work or on the bus. You can find us on our website and on Twitter, Instagram, threads. Yes, we're on threads now and our Facebook page. And remember, folks, it may not be the best. It may not be the most popular, but it's your favorite. Then it's good enough for us. Thanks for joining us. Angela, take us home. Later. (laughs) Bye for now.